Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. I'm very excited to share with you guys the readings today because I think the theme is very, very clear. And the theme is clear. It began actually from last night. If you ever want to know the key to the, 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 the readings of the Sunday, go to the Vespers Gospel the night before. And it will start to shape the theme and give you clarity and understanding of what the next day the church is trying to teach every single one of us. My hope today as if you were here earlier, I said at the offering of the Lamb that today is the theme is healing and newness of life. Healing and newness of life. And I think oftentimes, many of us, when we think of healing and newness of life, we struggle to believe that that is for me. We struggle, yes, of course, we believe in miracles and we believe God is able to heal. And we believe that God has immense power. But when it comes to my situation, no way. That's for other people. The miracles, the signs, the wonders, the newness of life, that's for someone else. And from last night, the church is trying to tell us, believe that healing can happen. Believe that healing can happen. And it starts with the story of the centurion. The centurion came to the Lord and had a servant who was dear to him and was sick and was ready to die. So when he heard that Jesus was coming to town, he sent people to the Lord to tell him to come heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Later on, from the house of the centurion, they sent friends to him saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself. This is what the centurion says to him. Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. Look at the humility of the centurion. He's a man of stature. He's a man of power. He's a man who's done many great things for the nation of Israel. And he's got, like, he has something on for the Jews. Like, he's done a lot of good things. So you would say that if he goes and sends a delegation to the Lord, that the Lord should quickly come to answer his prayer. But look at his faith. He says, I'm not even worthy. Don't come. Don't come from a place, I'm a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one goes and he goes, and to another come and he comes. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And when those who were sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. If I believe, I can be healed. If I believe, I can be healed. If I trust and I know the healing power of the Lord, I can be healed. But in order for me to be healed, I have to first understand, I'm going to go 
home here, and I'm going to go right to the readings so you can see all of them. Let's go to the liturgy reading. It starts from the Pauline epistle from Philippians chapter 1 and 2. Do you understand how much the Lord wants to heal? Do you understand how much the Lord wants to give? Do you understand how much he is extending his arm out to each and every one of us? I think sometimes for myself, I don't believe that healing exists. And I think it's, again, like I said earlier, it's just theoretical. But look in the Philippians. He says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Let me ask you a question. If God doesn't want to heal, if God doesn't want to bring newness of life to every single one of us, why would he come as a slave? Why would he humble himself to the point of being ridiculed, shamed, despised, rejected? What's the benefit to him if his goal is not to heal every single one of us? If his goal is that if you've been living or I've been living in a certain sin or a certain struggle, for him to come and to demonstrate to us that there is power and newness that is available from him. But I want to tell you very clearly throughout the rest of the readings what hinders us from being able to see, to see what miracles are available to us. If we go to the Catholic epistle, which is from 1 Peter. What hinders us? Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, evil speaking. And he says this, those are the things that hinder us. As a newborn babe desires the pure milk of the word that they may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. If you want to be healed, you have to lay aside malice. You have to lay aside deceit. You have to lay aside hypocrisy. You have to lay aside envy. You have to lay, lay aside all evil speaking that you may grow. And if you've tasted that the Lord is sweet, those things don't exist. Now let's jump to the book of Acts. And I'll show you, it becomes crystal clear in Acts. So there were the magicians who had the magic books. Verse 19, and many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Those who believed in the Lord, what did they have to do? They were practicing magic. They, they took their magic books and they burned them. What is the willful act that every single one of us needs to take in order to be healed? Like, okay, there is healing. Okay, there's accessibility. Okay, the Lord wants to do something. But what do I need to do to participate in the healing? What is the willful act that the Lord is asking of every single one of us this morning? Where is my magic book that is hindering me from the Lord that needs to be burned? Where is the certain sin that I'm holding on to because I love it so much and I don't want to let go of it that the Lord is asking me to burn today before him through his power and his, through who is grace, but I don't believe nor do I want to. There is a willful act that's required of every single one of us to be healed. 
And I think oftentimes the hindrance to healing is for me because I don't want to be healed. Let's be, let's be real. Let's be honest with ourselves. I don't want to be healed. I don't want to give up the certain thing that I know is hurting me. Lord, I want my relationship with my wife to be good. But I don't want to be humble. I don't want to lay aside malice, hypocrisy. Lord, I want my relationship with my children to be good. But I don't want to humble myself and serve them. Lord, I want to overcome the addiction to pornography that I have. But I don't want to destroy my computer and throw away my phone. Lord, I want to be able to uh, stop the gossip that I go that I do every single week. But I love to hang out with certain friends that constantly are encouraging me to gossip. Lord, I want so desperately to come to Abuna and I confess time after time that I want to do this and I want to do this and I don't want to do this. But there's no willful acts. I want the Lord to heal me, ghazban anni, and the Lord doesn't work like that. I want the Lord to heal me despite me. But we know in the Orthodox Church, the grace of God is extended to us, but there is a cooperation, synergy that needs to happen. If I hand you a check, and that check is worth 400 billion billion dollars, and that check is the grace of God, and I hand it to you, and I say, here, here is the check that will make you rich. And you take that check and you say, thank you so much, that's so sweet of you, and you take that check and you use it as a bookmark. What's the point of that check? Is that check valuable? It's worth nothing. It's a bookmark. But if I take that check and I deposit it in the bank, I now am wealthy. But is it enough for me to just say, okay, I deposit it in the bank, khalas, I'm good, now I'm rich? No, I have to live in that richness. I have to take that check, experience the richness that comes with what comes from it. That's the grace of God extended to every single one of us. The grace of God is this check that makes me rich that makes me new, that makes me a new creation, that offers me a new opportunity, a new beginning, a new mindset, a new understanding, a new everything. But what I do is I say, yeah, yeah, Habibi, yeah, Yesua, you're so sweet, you're so kind, take the check and put it into a book. Kalas, it's for somebody else. Look, look in the gospel how crystal clear it is. Crystal clear in the gospel. Many, O Lord, from the Psalms, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. Those who love your salvation, let them live in that salvation. Let them live in that joy. Then we know the story of Lazarus. Story of Lazarus. Sick, the Lord delays, though it appears as though he delays. It appears that he doesn't care. It appears as though he is forgotten that Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were his beloved. The Lord will sometimes delay, but he's never late. The Lord will sometimes delay, but he's never late. Never late. And look where he comes. He comes to Lazarus, Lazarus, and at the end of the passage, I want to show you something really beautiful. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know 
that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Lazarus, come forth. Father Elijah, come forth. Be new. Come alive. Loosen and let go. Loosen and let go. Let go of the things that are holding you back. Let go of the things that are keeping you in the tomb. Let go of the things that are holding you shackled, bound, because you don't believe that the healer is here and available and willing to do the thing that you think is impossible. What is the willful act that I need to take? What is the willful act that I need to take? What are the things that are hindering me from being able to be this new creation? It's easy for me to believe. It's hard for me to make the things necessary or do the things necessary to demonstrate that my belief is real. My challenge to myself this morning as I was reading, I come to the physician and he gives me a prescription. And he says to me, take this and you'll be new, you'll be healed. But I say, you know, it's cool, thank you, thank you. I'm gonna try some uh, alternative methods. There, you're sick and there is a prescription that's available to you that you'll heal all your ailments. No, 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 I heard this like new technique, this like self-help technique that I've read about. I think it's going to be a new way of healing. You dummy, I have medicine for you. Take the medicine, use it. It's good, it's going to heal you. No, 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 no. We have to participate in the work that the doctor is doing. And we have to take the medicine that he's offered to us, use it, live in it, experience it, and be rich and abundant in him. My challenge to you today is where is that willful act? What's the willful act that I need to take? What's the thing that's holding me back? What's the continuous habit that I've been living in? What's the, 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 the certain personality trait that I say, this is who I am. I'm just this difficult person. I'm just stubborn. I'm just proud. I'm just selfish. No, that's not who you are. You are creating the image and likeness of God. Don't for a second insult your creator by saying this is who you are. You are not defined by what you do. You are defined by he who created you. You are beloved, you are cared for, and you were bought at a price. And when I live in that understanding as the beloved, nothing holds me back. Nothing holds me back. I can be in death for three days, three years, six years, but the moment he comes and says, Lazarus, come forth, there's a new life awaiting. A new life awaiting. So today, every single one of us, may we come forth before the throne of the Lord. This is the medicine of immortality. This is the medicine that's offered to every single one of us this morning. That I come jealous, angry, bitter, proud, and he says, okay, give me all of that. Give me all of that stuff. Give me all of that messiness. And he exchanges our brokenness with his life. This is the divine exchange that happens here. This is not like something theoretical. This is newness of life. This is a resurrection that is offered to us every single week. But we take it as though it's just another day in the life. 
May we all come approach the Eucharist today because he's calling you by name. Lazarus, come forth. Let me take off the things that are binding you and holding you down. Let me rid you of them and let me offer you the newness of life that is available to you. By the way, if you go to the next chapter, it says on account of Lazarus, on account of Lazarus, the Pharisees and the high priests wanted to kill Jesus. Why? Because he was a living resurrection. He was evidence of the divinity of Christ. Do you want to be evidence of the divinity of Christ? Do you want to be a living resurrection story? Do you want people to look at that person in you and say, wow, he or she was so lost, but now she's found. He or she was living in death, but now she's a new person or he's a new person. All of us need to stand before the Lord today, me first and foremost, and say, Lord, I want to come forth to you. Strip me of all the things that are holding me back. What is the one willful act that I need to take? All of us have to be the ones to acknowledge what that willful act is because the grace is extended. The invitation is given. The check has been written. But what am I going to do with that check? What do I need to do to respond? I can't just take it, throw it in a book. I need to live in it, experience it, and be the new creation that God has called me to be. May the Lord bless you. May he encourage you. May he support you. And may he always demonstrate to you how much he loves each and every one of you. And it is his love that always moves us to respond. If you have not tasted his sweetness, if you feel like his sweetness and his love is not for you, that's the greatest lie. The greatest lie. His love is extended to you. His love and his mercy is offered to you. And we just need to live in it and experience it and participate in the work that he's doing. May the Lord bless you and glory be to God. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.